0: Hey, um, listen, I just want to say this before we go anywhere today, man. It is great to see you. I've missed seeing some of your faces. I want to give you a hug, but I know we're supposed to be six feet apart. But guys, it's so good to see y'all. It is awesome. I've been in the back. I sort of watched the security cameras. I've seen all those kids interacting together. They're safe over there. Some moms and dads, listen, they're in a great place over there. God protect our kids, right? Watch over our kids, help them to learn about Jesus today. I've seen what's going on over there. Uh, I've been watching the cameras. So if you see someone in, in, in a green, I guess it's a greenish blue shirt, whatever color it is, if you, will you stand up? I know you don't mind that. If you see somebody in this shirt that says Hope City Kids on it, give them a fist bump. Uh, tell them thank you for serving our kids today. Yeah, go ahead. I'm telling you, I've been watching those cameras, man. I've seen it, Brandon. Listen, I know, because I've watched you. I'm sorry that our water fountains are off. It's COVID's fault. But I did something. I brought you a bottle of water. And um, I'm going to lead and preach from example today. There you go. I don't want you to be thirsty. It's real time, man. We're watching. We've got to keep a watch on people these days. But I am really excited about where God is getting ready to take this this morning. My prayer is this, listen to this. This is my prayer out loud in real time. Hey God, may no words of yours fall on deaf ears today. Holy Spirit, open our ears to hear what you are saying in this place today. No matter what God is saying to you, even if it hurts a little bit, even if you feel like your toes are being stepped on a little bit from God, it's okay. He loves your marriage He's pulling for your marriage probably harder than you're pulling for it. He wants to see your marriage flourish. And so we're going to go and see what he's saying today in his word. So our ears are opened. I'm excited because next Sunday, my wife is going to be on stage with me. We're going to sit here together and we're going to answer questions. Not that we're experts, not that we've got this all figured out, but we're going to be transparent and honest with you. Because I truly believe in the Christian church today. We need some transparency to let you know that, hey, we all have issues, mountains, holes, gaps. But even though we have mountains to climb, we still enjoy life. And so we're going to be up here together talking about marriage and life. We're probably going to get some questions this week from many of you that will probably be like, hey, what's one thing that Pastor Scott does that drives you crazy? She'll tell you. We're not going to hide it. I think in preparing for this, Andy used the statement. He said, yes, we're going there. And so that's what we're going to do next Sunday. I'm excited. But before we go any further today, there's going to be two columns of words pop on the screen. And I want you to look at them real quick and I want you to give yourself just a rundown of which column, the left or the right, is best describing your marriage. Think about it over the last couple of weeks, last month or so. Which column best describes, let's not even say our marriage, because this is going to hit everybody in this room and everybody watching this online. We're going to be able to catch ourselves Let's be honest, where are we? Where are we in our personal life? If you're married, we can put it into that. Where is our marriage? Is my marriage or is my life marked by being a person who gives? Am I doing for my spouse? Am I doing for others? Hey listen, no deaf ears in this place. Jesus has opened them up. There's no reason not to be honest with ourselves. Because where God is wanting to take us, it truly leads to a prosperous marriage, truly a prosperous life. Let me ask you this. Am I caring for my spouse? Do I attend to her needs? Do I attend to his needs? Or does the right column better describe me? Am I keeping everything for myself? Am I refraining from giving a compliment Am I holding back encouragement that I know that they need? Am I taking more than I'm giving? It's a great place to start this morning. See, we've done some research. We've done some great conversations with our team. And in building this, I want you to listen to this quote. Neuroscience has demonstrated, listen to this, that giving is a powerful pathway for creating more personal joy. It's just not having to do with our marriages. Even though that's where we're focused, I want us as individuals to just let that soak into our minds here today. That the very way that God created you and I we were created with all of the chemicals, all of the brain cells, all of the activity in this body. God created us that if we will truly take the focus attention off of ourself and we serve and give to others what God created us to be, our minds will release they will release chemicals they will release they will fire they will release activities in this body that will take us to a more joyful state of mind so if you're sitting in this place today if you're watching us online and maybe there is there is a just a there's a fog maybe let's just say you're in a funk Maybe there's just darkness around you or your marriage or your spouse. Maybe you're sitting here and you're not married, but you're just struggling to find joy in life. The way God created us is being backed up by science and it says, listen, if you will focus on someone else, if you will give to someone else, if you will serve someone, listen to what this says. It says that helping others triggers and impacts our brain in many positive ways. When we help others, our brains release oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. It's the way God made us. It releases those things. It says these hormones have the effect of boosting our mood and counteracting the effect of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So, if you're in this place, if you're watching today and it's just been one of those weeks, what the Holy Spirit of God is saying to us right now is quit focusing on yourself. Find someone else to give to or to love on or to serve. Because in doing that, the way God created us, there is just a pathway to joy that God takes us on. See, the world tells you that if you're lacking joy or fulfillment, the world tells you to go and do something for yourself. Let's just put this into the marriage context If our marriage is struggling, the world tells us that we need to make sure we're healthy, that we need to make sure that we're fulfilled. But the kingdom of God, which is truly opposite of the way our world functions today, God and His kingdom, His word tells us that if we want to be first, God says we need to be what? Now, oh, I love that. You guys did a great job. That was like the best y'all have ever done in here. Seriously, wow! you're really glad to get your kids over there, aren't you? Okay, well, here's the deal, though. But listen, listen to this. Just because we know how to complete that sentence, the kingdom of God operates in very opposite ways of the world. The world says, be first. The kingdom of God says that if you want to be first, you need to be last. And we all in this room, if you're watching this online, you would have been amazed at all the answers in this room. But I'm going to push you a little harder here this morning. I want to say that it's one thing to know in our minds the right answer. It's one thing to know and agree with this. We're going to look at passages of scripture here in a few minutes that every single one of you've read before. This may be your first time in church, but I guarantee you, you've heard one of your Christian friends talk about these scriptures. It's one thing to know them. Yes, I agree with that. It's another thing to have it in our heart. We can know it, we can agree with it, but here's where God is turning it up on us this morning. He's not going to be satisfied anymore in your life, personal life, in your marriage, for you just to know it or believe it. God is saying in this place today, I want to see a movement. Like I'm wanting to pour out my presence in this place because there's going to be a group of people that receive my love and my presence. And not only is it going to their mind and their heart, it's going to actually go through their hands. Because if we just know it or believe it, but it never actually leaves this and loves and affects someone else, really and truly, what good is it for other people? Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And just knowing something or agreeing with it is not going to actually impact other people's lives. And so we may know the right answer. The first shall be last. We know it. We agree with it. What I'm saying, God is wanting to stretch us and how are we going to live it out? Amen? How are you going to live it out? That's a great question. I want us to turn to passage in John. John chapter 12 is where we're going to start off this morning. Jesus said other crazy things like it's better to give than to what? Wow, you guys are on it. It's better. Listen, did you hear that? It is better to give. Our world doesn't say that, but the kingdom of God operates out of that. It's better to give than it is to receive. Some of you probably read some Rick Warren books. you probably listened to him preach sermons. He's a phenomenal communicator. He said it's so simple. It's so true. He said the only really happy people are those who have learned how to serve. Wow. The only really happy people out there are those who have learned to serve. I love this. And we're gonna look at three Accounts from the gospel message today. And the last one that we look at in Mark and in Matthew are gonna be the same story, just told from a different lens. But I want us to look here in John chapter 12, where we're starting this morning. And in John chapter 12, in context, Jesus has gathered his disciples around him and he's saying, hey, listen, my friends, my brothers, my close friends, the ones I love, hey guys, I'm getting ready to go die. He's starting to reveal the whole story. I'm getting ready to go give my life for you. And I know that it may not make sense to you now, but eventually one day it's going to make sense. And Jesus is preparing his disciples for what's coming next. And Jesus just has this unbelievable way. It's like uncanny, uncanny way of telling stories to where the people listening to the same thing over and over and over and over are sitting there still on the edge of their seat because they're wanting to hear everything this guy Jesus is saying. And so now Jesus is telling these same guys that he's been doing life with for two and a half, three years, he's telling them the same story, but listen to how he says it. And I say this morning, hey God, what are you saying to me? John chapter 12, Jesus comes out and he says, and he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. That's him. My time on this earth is up. And he said, I tell you the truth. Listen to this. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. What's Jesus saying to you? Again, we've heard this before. We've heard it. We even agree with it. But how does this impact my life? Because Jesus said, hey, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it just remains as it is. See, what he said to me is I've gone through this because maybe next week will be more revealing than you've ever thought because sometimes... If we could throw those two columns back up on the screen real quick, you will know that sometimes Pastor Scott acts more like the column on the right than he does on the left. You know why? Because we live in a fallen world. And our flesh does not want to die. Our flesh wants to be selfish. Our flesh wants everything that it can grab a hold of. And guys, I want to tell you, that's really, truly what is greatly impacting in a negative way, maybe some marriages in this room, maybe some marriages of those of you watching online right now. Jesus says here, hey, unless this grain of wheat dies, it remains just a kernel of wheat. What that's saying to me and maybe what the Holy Spirit is saying to some of us in this place that we're checking ourselves that, guys, there's some things in me that need to die. There's some selfishness in me that just must die. And we're going to end this service here in a little while and we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray out loud how you and I need to be praying See, it's going to sound something like this, because a lot of times when I'm in my fog or I'm in a funk or I'm just in a bad way, when I am focused truly on myself, I start to pray like, God, help Daisha. God, do something in her life. Wake her up. And see, that's how the world tells us to literally pray. But what the Holy Spirit has said to me is the focus needs to be here. Hey, God, please I need some breakthrough in my life. God, there are some fleshly things, some selfish desires that need to die off in Scott. And in my prayers, don't even need to have my wife's name in them because it starts right here. And Jesus said it, if the kernel of wheat, if it does not fall to the ground and die, it remains only a single seed. But listen to this. Hey, men in the room, If you and I truly can die to ourselves, if we can truly serve one another, if we can serve our spouse, if we can give to our spouse, if we can truly die to ourselves, listen to what Jesus says. He said, But if it does die, it produces many seeds. I don't know about you. Hey, husbands and wives in this room, I don't know about you. I don't know what you truly desire. But I know that my wife and I desire to make an eternal kingdom kind of impact on everyone around us. Like, we want to make decisions and life choices on this side of eternity that are going to affect generations to come. Years ago, we, we, we said this, we agreed to this. My family, my wife and I, I remember it was one New Year's Eve, we talked about this. And it was almost like this is our vision or mission statement for our family. And so I'm not saying you need to have a vision or mission statement for your family, but I do think that we got to think on an eternal generational scope when it comes to our family, our marriages. And we said, hey, we want to make every room, every group of people, and every person, we want to give them the opportunity to be better once we leave that than when we first entered it. Guys, I want to make an impact on lives around us. I want your marriage to make an impact on other people's lives around you. And the only way, the only way that that happens, it's not going to take a bunch of vacations. Listen, my wife and I date each other more now. You can ask my daughter. She has to babysit. We date more now than we've ever dated. It's not even going to be dates. It's not going to be vacations. I could give her a card. She loves cards. I could give her flowers. It's none of that. That's great. But until a husband learns to surrender his life to truly die and we serve our wife, that is the only way it is going to be impactful for kingdom things and generations to come. Jesus said this. In verse 25, listen to this. The man who loves his life will lose it. Did you hear that? Like if you just love your life and you love everything that this life can bring you and you're focused on loving your life and you're focused on you, you're gonna lose. The world says love your life and gather and get everything that you can, but Jesus and his kingdom operate in just opposite of that and they say if you love your life if it's all about you you're going to lose it and there may be some of us in this place right now where we're saying yeah that's the way I feel so what's the remedy what do I do different because I need different one of the things that Daisha and I are going to probably talk about next Sunday is There's probably some husbands and wives in here that they love each other, but they don't like each other. I know that from experience. There's been times where my wife loves me. And I've said over week, over week, that the promises of God have kept us in this thing. I said two weeks ago that the covenant that we entered into is the only thing that has kept us married at times. There's been times where she loves me. She doesn't like me. What's the remedy? Jesus says this. He said, but the man who hates, and that's strong language. Jesus was telling this story, and I guarantee you when he said that word, people piped up. Their attention was given to Jesus. Jesus said, but the man who hates I don't even let my kids use that word. Jesus said, the man who hates his life, listen to this. The man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That tells me that I can go try to gather and make sure Scott's number one. And I will crawl over or knock down anyone that gets in the way, but I'm going to lose life. But if I can truly surrender to the fact that my selfishness must die, if I can deny the urge to gratify myself only, Jesus just said that I will gain life. And it will truly impact eternity. That's the remedy. So it's really just one point that we're talking about here today. It's just one simple point. If I were you, I'd write this down. If I were you, I'd take a picture of this because this doesn't just impact marriages. This impacts every life that is in this room or watching us online. The remedy is simply serve one another. Find People to love on. Find people to serve. Find someone. If you're married, make it your spouse. Find your wife, husbands, and give to them. Wives, find your husbands and serve them. We're gonna talk about, hey, listen, they probably don't deserve it. We're going, we're going to talk about it. They probably don't. There's probably a line of things that they actually don't deserve it. It outweighs the list of that They do deserve it. But think about the kingdom of God, and it doesn't operate that way. I love these stories. It's so good. Go ahead and turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 10. It's the same story. We're getting ready to look at Mark, and we're getting ready to look at it in Matthew. So in Mark chapter 10, Jesus, again, telling the story, Mark, the writer of this, captures this story, and he tells it from his true perspective. It's in Mark chapter 10, we're going to start in the 35th verse, and I'm going to really go through this one fast. You guys look through this one in Mark chapter 10, and at the heading of my Bible, the one I read out of, it says that, the, the heading says, the request Of James and John. That's important, so remember that. The request of James and John. Now, I want you to listen to this. Listen to this, verse 35. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, being Jesus' teacher, and they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. Can you imagine The gall, the nerve. I'll just say this. The selfishness of James and John. They come to Jesus. Can you imagine? Put yourself in their shoes. They come to Jesus. And do you think you have the nerve to say to Jesus, hey, whatever I ask of you, I want you to do it for me. See, I don't even think these guys, I don't even think some of us sometimes know how to pray for our marriages. I don't think that we know how to pray for our relationships because a lot of times, just like with James and John, I believe they're coming truly from a selfish nature. They're coming from this without truly knowing what to ask for. And I said a few minutes ago, if you're in here and you struggle with relationships, you struggle in your marriage, listen, it's not the other person that you need to be asking God to change. Hey, let's just try this. Let's agree, okay? All across this room and everyone watching online, this week, here's the challenge. Hey, this week, instead of the person that we may be in opposition to in our relationship, let's not pray for them to be moved or changed. Let's say, hey God, move me. Change me. Help me to see them as you see them. So instead of listing all their faults that you want miraculously changed, how about us focusing on ourselves and saying, instead of, hey, Jesus, whatever I ask of you, I want you to do it. Instead of saying that, how about you and I say, hey, God, do in me whatever you see fit. God, do it in me. God, I'm a selfish person. Hey, God, help me to be selfless towards my spouse. I love this. This story is amazing. You need to go and read it sometime this week. He says this and he talks. He says, you guys don't even know what you're asking for. He says, I'm getting ready to go die on the cross. I'm getting ready to give my life. I'm getting ready to die a brutal death. Do you think you can handle that? And they say they can and Jesus agrees with them. But listen to what he says towards the end of this story. He says this in the 43rd verse. He says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, listen to this, y'all already got this answered. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Now, Jesus, in context, again, he's using that word slave. He's putting the emphasis on how much you must deny yourself. He uses a very strong word. And even in 2020 today, that word slave, it stands out. What Jesus was saying here, he used the word. And in the Greek, the word is translated to the word doulos. And I just want to read the definition of what doulos actually means. You ready? Ready? It actually means one who is devoted to another. Hey, husbands, read this or listen to this in context. Hey, husbands, listen to this. Husbands, if you're watching, listen to what this says. It says it is one who is devoted to another to the disregard of their own interests. Did you hear that, church? Like we discard our own interests so that we can serve and give to another. And so listen, I say, hey, you guys, you're picking on all the dads and the men in the room. Hey, women, listen to this. Jesus used the word slave, servant. He used the actual word doulos, which means one, hey, a wife, who is devoted to their husband, to the disregard of their own interest. Now, I don't know what God is saying to you right now. I don't know how that goes from your mind to your heart, to your hands. But what is God saying to you right now? How do you go live this out? Because husbands if we don't live this out, it will never impact our spouse. Hey, wives, if we don't live this out, it will never impact our husbands. Hey, moms and dads, if we don't live this out, if I don't serve my husband, even though he doesn't deserve it, if I don't serve him, it is not going to have a generational impact on our kids or grandkids. You see, this is way bigger than just you or I. This is way bigger than just 2020. This is way bigger than just a house in Wahlberg. God is wanting impact for generations to come. He's wanting our young men to see dads serving their mom and his wife like this world could never show you. And he's not doing it through TV. He's not doing it through a capital ad. He's not even doing it right here at church this morning. He's waiting for you to walk into your home. And dad, that is the time for you to truly be the light of the world. Because there are young guys, young men's eyes watching you, dad. And they're going to learn how to treat God's daughters by the way you treat them. They're going to learn how to serve one another by watching you and mom interact. So yeah, we can agree with it. We've heard sermons about it. We can know it. We can agree with it. Yay, Scott, great message. That's what you're going to say when I'm shaking your hand out there. It's a great word. And what I'm going to say is, hey, we've got to put into action. It's got to flow into our hands. We've got to live it out. Jesus says these amazing things to his disciples. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For the son of man didn't even come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now I want you to turn to Matthew 20 and I love this. Same story. Matthew captures it and tells it in his context. And I like Matthew's better. (laughs) I like it because I think it's more real. I think it's more transparent. I don't know what Mark was doing. James and John must have got with him and said, hey, listen, man, don't say actually tell the story like it actually happened. I think Matthew's actually how it happened. I don't know about you. I don't know, I, I don't know how many guys... That had, go ahead and raise your hand. We're all in this together. Hey, how many of you guys in here are mama's boys? Raise your hand. <sighs> I'm a oh, grown man. None of you. I'll raise my hand. Ricky, are you mama's boy? I am. Was, always, will be. Okay? My wife would say, yes, you sure are. (laughs) James and John, the sons of Debedee, were mama's boys. And it's shown right here in this scripture. Matthew writes it in the heading in my Bible. It says, a mother's request. All right? This is exactly how my mom would have done it. If you listened to my mom tell stories about me, you would have thought I was Jesus, right? You would have thought I was the best person ever to be born. Uh, she just loves me that much. Now, most of it's probably not true. I just got away with more than what she knew about. But man, listening to her, I hung the moon, all right? And my mom would have done the exact same thing that James and John's mom did here. So let's look at this. It says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Now, it says, then the mother, see, the mother of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons, James and John, kneeling down and asked a favor of Jesus. See, it's the same story. We got a little different context here. James and John, can you just see this picture of James and John walking with their mom?" And they walk, and the mom walks up to Jesus and she kneels down and she says, hey, Jesus, I got a favor to ask for you. You see my two boys right there? Oh, they're the best thing, man. They're awesome. And they're so amazing that one of them needs to sit at your left hand and the other needs to sit at your right hand when your kingdom comes. You see, they were looking at this through a worldly perspective because we know today that Jesus was not going to set up his kingdom here on this earth. Jesus was operating to set up his kingdom where? In eternity. But they didn't know that. You see, the mom came and said, hey, I I want honor and I want power and I want my boys to be sitting there with you. And Jesus heard it. And Jesus, I don't know if he laughed on the inside, but I can guarantee you that he was like, you guys have no idea what you're asking for. You see, my kingdom The kingdom of God doesn't operate like this, mom. If your sons are so great, they would never be wanting this position of high authority. Jesus says to them, hey, if you want to be great, I know your boys are fine, they're good guys, but if they really and truly want to be great, Jesus says that they're gonna have to learn to serve other people. Listen to what Jesus says. He says it again, similar to what he did in Mark. Verse 26. Whoever wants to become great among you. Let's put this in the context of our marriages. You want a great marriage? I don't think there's anybody here watching online that would say No. You want a great marriage? Serve one another. But Scott, there's been so much damage done. You don't know what the history looks like. To that, I would say you're exactly right. I have no idea what it is like to walk in your shoes or to go into your home. But I do know where you can start today. And it is simple as serve one another. Jesus said, hey, James and John, you guys want to be great? You want to sit at the seat of power and authority? You want to be great? Jesus said, hey, you must serve. Listen to what he says. He goes and says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, your doulos. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What if I told you that a healthy, great, thriving marriage was accomplished by you giving your dreams the back seat, and you finding out the dreams and the desires and the passions of your spouse. I know that works. Because back in 1998, I chased after my dream. And in 1999, when I got married, my wife having no idea what she really said yes to, my wife exemplified this. She gave up on her dreams and her desires and her wants. And for the next three years, difficult years, Some of my most, not proud of them, but my most selfish years. For three years, she put her dreams and desires and wants in the back seat. And it's amazing how God works when one is willing to serve the other when you have a husband and a wife willing to serve the other, I believe there are supernatural, powerful, heavenly things that take place through a marriage. And so right now, before we go anywhere else, would you just bow your heads? I want us just to all pray. And whether you're watching online right now or in this room, please just bow your heads because I know that there are some of us in this room that there are wounds and there are hurts and there are things that have not been forgiven. There are some that need forgiveness and that's where we're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to us right now. I know your heads are bowed. You're gonna remember this in Philippians chapter two verse 4 is what we're going to declare over ourselves not only today not only this week but we're going to continue as a recipe for healthy prosperous marriage we're going to declare this over our life and our spouse's life philippians chapter 2 verse 4 because there are some that feel like their spouse doesn't deserve it you've been hurt there's not been forgiveness There's pain and you don't even know really where it comes from. But there's been something in your life that has affected the way you live today. And I want to speak these words over every single one of us and declare them as God's truth. And I want you to write this on your hand. I want you to write this on your mirror. I want you to write this on the dashboard of your car. I need you to see this every day as a reminder of how God created you and I to live our lives. Holy Spirit, remind us right now that when we leave this place, this is to be active. It is to be put to our hands God, I know that this community, this small community that we live in needs to see this lived out. There are marriages that I truly believe that can be healed miraculously if your truth and word is applied. Hey God, I'm gonna ask that you miraculously would just open up a sliver, just a door, just a crack to where the spouse who's been hurt, where they can go in there and serve and forgive And that they can truly seek out the interest of their spouse and they can meet them, God. God, I'm praying over the marriage that truly looks dark right now. God, maybe there's just one spouse here. Maybe there's one spouse watching this online. I wanna, God, speak your truth and your power into that marriage. God, we need a miracle in the marriage that you would pump life into the marriage. God, that you would drown it with hope. And God, you've resurrected before. I'm trusting for resurrection in marriages in this place today. I believe there may be someone who just needs to surrender their life to Jesus. They're like that kernel of wheat that just needs to die. And they need to be reborn through the blood of Jesus. If that's you in this room right now, just go with God, trust him. He brought you here for that purpose, to surrender your life to Jesus. If you're watching us online and the Holy Spirit is drawing you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, right now there are online hosts. If you would just let them know, please say, right now if you're watching this online, I wanna give my life to Jesus and you're gonna be connected to an amazing host. Every head's bowed and eye closed in this place today. If maybe you just need to die to yourself and surrender your life to Jesus and ask him to be your savior, maybe you've never done that. If today he's drawing you to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you just lift up a hand? I'm the only one looking. Would you say, Scott, that's me. I want Jesus as my savior. I need him as my savior. If that's you in this place today, I need you to know we're in different days, but could you please go to our website online, hopecitync.com. And on the front page, you're gonna see it says connect. We wanna connect with you. If you hit that connect, it's gonna take you to a place where you can let us know that you accepted Jesus as your savior. Because we not only wanna pray with you, but we wanna encourage you. We wanna give excitement and celebrate with you because I truly believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is saving not only lives today, it's continuing to save marriages. Probably the most intimate time of our service is right now. And I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to even raise a hand. This is so personal. This is between you and this is between God. I don't need you to raise a hand. I don't need you to stand up for, for my benefit, but I need you to respond to what God is saying to you right now, because I believe that he's brought you to this place today to hear his voice of saying, I love you and I'm going to continue to be with you. But Scott, there are some things in your life that need to die for you to truly be able to serve your wife. And I believe that he's speaking that all across this room and all online today. He's speaking the things that need to die in you so that you can truly become a servant of your husband or your wife. God, we need something powerful something greater than man. We need it to be truly from heaven. And so God, flood us right now. Flood us with your power. Show us, God, how you created us to be. Break off all the mess that's on us. Take it out of us, God. We surrender it to you right now. And Holy Spirit, we're going to need you to be with us. Because so easily I snap back into the flesh and I want it my way. But God, I bet you there's some husbands in here right now that if we weren't in public, we'd be crying right now. Because God, we want to serve our wives. We want to love them well. We want to love them because they're your daughters. We want to be, it's deep in us. We want to be the best husbands the world's ever seen. There's husbands that haven't given up, there's husbands that just don't know where to go next. It's the Holy Spirit. We need you to move on our lives. God, we want to be men that you designed us to be. And God, there's probably women watching this online. They're watching this right here in this building. And God, they want to respect their husbands. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of letdown. There's been a lot of things, God, that have added up to just brokenness. And if you're that wife in this place right now, you only need God Almighty ministering to you right now. God is the only one that can heal And he's the only one that can give hope what seems to be hopeless situations. So God, move any way you see fit. God, don't let us forget this. God, don't let us forget this mandate to serve our spouse. May it be activated right now in Jesus' name. May some of the greatest servants the community has ever seen be being birthed right now. Selflessness abound. Selfishness die in Jesus' name. May from youngest in this room to oldest, may the youngest watching online to the oldest, may we be imparted by the same spirit that drove Jesus to serve. May we serve and may we do it all in the name of Jesus. Minister team, I'm gonna ask you guys just to come up front. As the ministry team comes up front, this service is getting ready to end, but maybe you're here and you just need someone to pray over you, to encourage you, to give you hope they're here. We'll pray for you for anything. Do not leave this place if you need encouragement, if you need to be given a word of hope. If you're online and you're watching this, we have some amazing hosts that are hosting this service right now. All you have to do is click that button that says, I need prayer. And I know There are hosts that would love to spend time praying with you this afternoon. And so God, we are truly surrendered to you, filled by you, moved by you. God, we're gonna make a declaration. And that declaration is gonna be that we're going to look not only to our own interests, but God, we're going to look to the interests of our spouses. And we're going to do this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.